Hey, sweetheart. What? Whoa. What's up? You, uh, you look really different. Oh, uh, how do you mean? Well, uh... Is it that I curled my hair today? No. The spiffy winged eyeliner? Definitely not. Is it that I'm now blue and exuding low-level electric fields? I mean, yeah, that's that's the one. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Well, uh, I definitely noticed, sweetheart. Oh no, does it look bad? Not bad, just uh just different? What what even happened? Well, I just so happened to take a detour home from work the other day through the new road by the incredibly experimental power plant. Oh, well, a strange bolt of electricity hit the car and Poof! I'm blue and electric! Okay, I've read a lot of comics. Are you also omniscient? Nope. Whew. Well, is there anything I need to know? A change in personality or your mood? No, I'm basically exactly the same as before. Same Christy abilities and charm and occasionally electric for plot purposes. Oh, cool. Well, sure, let's get ready to podcast. Oh no, the computer battery is dead. No worries. I got this. Whoa! That's incredibly convenient. Well, Electric Christy, do you want to stop talking about your new powers and start talking about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our episode covering JLA Wildcats. Yes, we're pretty excited about this one. This is our first crossover that happened in the, the 90s JLA era of comics. And it's our first comic, I think, that we've ever covered by Grant Morrison. Oh, I don't think I... I don't think I'd thought about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think. But yeah, he, you're right. Yeah, he only, he's only done a few crossovers, mm-hmm. and this is just one chunky issue. Yeah, it's just a big sixty pager, uh, and this was suggested uh, to us by patron Josh Garvey. So thank you, Josh, for giving us something fun to read. Yeah, definitely a ton of fun. Uh, there, I, I got to learn all about the Wildcats. Yes, which is really hard to do. Uh, I was like, oh, maybe I should read some Wildcats just to figure this out. There's like 15 issues on Marvel Unlimited, or not Marvel Unlimited, on DC Universe, and that that that's that's kind of it everywhere. Yeah, so when I say I learned all about the Wildcats, I read this issue and the beginning of the wiki articles for each one and was like, this is a whole bunch. That's neat. Yep, and this isn't even all of the Wildcats, but it's also not all of the Justice League. Yeah. 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 We, we had our, we, everybody had to have a very nice analog. Yes. From one to and the other. I think if you would have had the the, the full and complete, you would, there would not have been enough time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, readers, I have to be honest with you. I uh, catch myself every time we talk about this humming High School Musical just because they were the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to apologize for that in advance if I, at any point, tell the, tell the Wildcats that they need to keep their head in the game. <laughs> Get your head in the game, Wildcats. <laughs> Oh, goodness sakes. <laughs> well, we've got a little bit of business to take care of before we really get into it. Yeah, we have some people to shout out and thank. Firstly, we have 
a patron, a new patron, uh, to thank on our Patreon. So thank you, Michael Bittner, for heading on over to patreon.com and choosing to support us and what we do. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Uh, we very much appreciate all the dollars that you all send. Mm-hmm. And we also have another review to share out from iTunes. Uh, Bradley Man 612 gave us a five-star review, and we only shout out those five-star reviews. We don't pay attention to the other ones. We have never gotten a written review that was not five stars. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody disliked us enough that they took the time to write a comment about why. Yeah, which is weird. Usually you only hear about the bad the bad things in terms of that. Yeah, but let's hear about Bradley Man 612's good things. Yeah. Yeah, Bradley Man. Bradley Man says, lots of fun. The hosts are great. I've enjoyed listening a lot. As someone who reads a lot of this from the shelf or racks, I find they are quite knowledgeable and they seem to share my dislike for Owen Space Cops. And the Key of C Award is currently my favorite internet comic book related award. Lots of fun. Thank you, Bradley. That was very nice. Mm-hmm. And our, our Key of C Award is actually present because of a patron. It's true. Uh, patrons supporting at the $10 level for long enough can force us to permanently add an accolade. Yeah. We have so, some coming up. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just going to get that much more, that much more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> After like 40, we're going to have accolade bloat and it's just going to be like, all right, episode two, the accolades. <laughs> I feel like our accolades are really fun. I, I would not want to do a whole episode of it, <laughs> but... But they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. All right. So are we ready to get on into the other fun part, this other fun segment that we do at the beginning Mm -hmm. that's not us just rambling? Biscuits. Biscuits. The biscuit segment. Another summary. Summary. JLA Wildcats number one. Written by Grant Morrison. Penciled by Val Samiks, inked by Ray Kissing and Kevin Conrad, colors by Pat Garrahy, edited by Dan Raspler and Peter J. Tomasi. Maybe this the the editor credits were really hard to find for this. They were not anywhere that was easy to locate, even inside the comic. As Kid Flash zips through his hometown of Blue Valley, he is suddenly accosted by Epoch, the Lord of Time, who fires a hail of bullets at the young hero to kill him while he's young. When Flash is suddenly saved by the Justice League, Flash, Green Lantern, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. Who is blue? It's complicated. The Justice League is chasing Epoch through time after having stolen his time-traveling Chrono Cube. He can time-travel without it, and he's trying to do megalomaniacal Time Guy stuff, so it's time for the big chase. They fight throughout time until they come to 65 million BC, where a chance Soliton particle interacts with Epoch's suit, giving him even more untold power. He sends the Justice League forward in time to AD 33, leaving their time drive mechanism in the past. The Justice League use Green Lantern's ring to detect the now-buried time drive, where they interact with the obscure, later-to-be superhero named Marcus Alias. 
They activate the time machine only to be in a completely strange, different reality. Where the Wildcats, Majestic, Grifter, Zealot, Void, and Maul are battling their own villains. They encounter the Stranded Justice League, so of course we have to have a hero misunderstanding fight. Everyone fights to a relative standstill when Superman and Majestic announce they've settled their differences. The JLA help the Wildcats finish up their bad guys, and Void explains that Epoch disabled the timeline so much that it crossed over with the Wildstorm universe and hence this entire crossover. However, if they don't fix this, the timelines will both be destroyed. The stakes! Void uses her powers to travel to a continuum outside of space, where she is hoping the strange entities will exchange dimension-hopping technology for concepts. So Kyle Rayner makes some shapes with his Green Lantern ring, and poof, they're going to be ready to go. They cross over to find five days have passed on their Earth, and the place is in absolute chaos. Epoch bonded with a far-future weapon computer called the Omega Attractor, where he has been teleporting in strange and horrifying weapons from across time, where he hopes to convert the Earth into a giant time machine. The Justice League and Wildcats race to confront him as he has trapped all the other superheroes on the moon. As the others confront the strange armies of Epoch, Maul grows to incredible size, punching a hole in Epoch's tower. Afterwards, Superman hits him with a quick burst of electricity, turning the Wildcat back to normal size. The Wildcats confront Epoch alone, and he is overwhelmed quickly, having nothing in the history of this universe that can account for them. However, the Omega Attractor is reaching critical mass, and the Justice League reprograms the Chrono Cube to enter a time loop, and they trap Epoch inside. The time streams are collapsing, so the Wildcats return to their universe after a job well done. And Epoch drifts through space and time, becoming a soliton that crashes in 65 million BC. So what did you think about JLA Wildcats, Christy? Uh, you, you know, anytime there, there's there's the time travely stuff, I get a little I get a little lost. I still make it through it, but I've got to go back and like piece it all together. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't understand what was going on with Kid Flash at the beginning of this issue at all until the second read through. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, they definitely start this in the middle. I don't even think this like started in like Justice League and then like came to this. I think this is literally just like the first bit of this. Epoch is like a Silver Age villain, and this is kind of like a redesigned version. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I liked that the Flash is from Blue Valley, which definitely seems like he is from somewhere in Kansas City. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Blue Valley stuff by the by the river. Yep. Blue Valley. We have the Blue River. Mm-hmm. Um, but that makes sense, because Central City, which is where the Flash is from, is supposed to be basically Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, I was very confused, uh, and, it, and it made a lot of sense the second time reading through it. Did you like that he was just kind of zipping through the countryside? I'm like, you're not going to find any crime there, it's just cows. You know, no crime, just cows? It's not a bad way to travel. <laughs> That's going to be my campaign slogan, no crime, just cows. Moo moo, baby. <laughs> Moving ahead. Oh. Oh. oh, so many bad cow jokes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to milk them for all they're worth. Oh, it's utterly despicable. <laughs> all right, we're getting dairy in the weeds here. We need to go go back. <laughs> I spot our conclusion. Oh, boy. <laughs> the conclusion of our tale. 
All right. Now that nobody's listening to this, what do you want to talk about? Well, you mentioned the Evog redesign, and I feel like not all of the art in this issue worked for me. I actually think the art is like, eh, like fine. It is definitely trying to do a Howard Porter a little bit, Mm -hmm. who was the JLA artist that was most popular during the 90s. Mm-hmm. And this seems like it is kind of kind of attempting something like that. Mm-hmm. I I even felt like the the coloring of this just wasn't as rich as I wanted it to be. No, all of the colors seemed a little bit kind of light and muted, which didn't feel feel appropriate. Uh like we have a lot of like these really high concept moments like when they're in when void and uh kyle rayner are in the whatever continuum like that art for me did not land i'm like this is supposed to be some cool place where you know concepts like a monkey with symbols are going to be real novel and impressive um which the choice of things for kyle rayner to like think about like a wood clamp and a and it just I just felt like with the variety of concepts within here, like there there were just some things that didn't land. There were definitely some moments that I loved, like they they had some good layout moments. Mm-hmm. But I wanted more from the art. Yeah, that's fair. It really was like you kinda wonder, like, was this scripted to be Kyle Rayner making like some little toys? Or was it just like Kyle makes some extraordinary shapes and the artist is like, oh, whatever, I'm just gonna <laughs> I really wanna know. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to I'd love to read the script to this. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes those get out and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um But I don't know, the the continuum to me just looked like like a early nineties jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it was not near weird enough, and the colors just kind of looked like very light, almost pastel colors, but they just weren't that weird. I was just like, I want, could George Press do this? <laughs> I don't know. George, George, I'm trying to think if George does weird super well. It's interesting to pair up an artist like, like, the, the, the artist in this one with Grant Morrison, who like, hit, this is like his whole deal, like uh-huh. just coming up with completely out there bizarre things all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I guess that nothing, Nothing in this seemed bizarre enough. Right? I, and even like the Wildstorm universe is just weird. Uh, we maybe need to talk a little bit about Wildstorm. Yeah, I, I don't know a ton about it, but it seemed like they were, they were having some, some rough times there fighting lots of, like everybody just randomly got powers. Yep. Um, the Wildstorm universe came about from Image originally, Image Comics. Oh. When the when all of the artists broke off to make Image, Jim Lee came up with Wildcats. And you might have noticed that some of these designs look not unlike X-Men 1992 designs. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's because Jim Lee did both of them roughly at the same time. You know, it, it, it's hard to have hold more than more than one idea right. at once. So and Jim would do some art and then have like random people write for him because the whole deal with image was the art was more was more the draw than like the the story. Oh, okay. You know, hence the the I say that. I the mean, name being image. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say that the the artists weren't also telling the story, but mm-hmm. it was they were de-emphasizing the people who came up with like the dialogue and things. 
But eventually he left Image and went to DC and took like the whole Wildstorm universe with him, which was this and a few other comics. Mm. And so So it was still essentially creator owned? I think so, but I think it was creator owned by him. But I'm wonder- I think he maybe sold the concept of the Wildstorm universe. Mm. But he works at DC now. He's like one of he's like their top guy, mm-hmm. Jim Lee. So I don't know. But it stayed kind of apart from the DC universe, hence why this is a crossover. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it is, I think, apart again, but it's it's kind of come and gone. Mm. There's characters who are in the DC universe proper, who are originally in Wildstorm. There are some who aren't. They're an interesting uh, they, band of characters. They seem like the, this is going to be the, the edgy JLA. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from there. We got guns. Yeah, Gr- Grifter is is a gunman. <laughs> he doesn't. I think he theoretically has other powers, but it is mostly like guy who has guns and is good at shooting them. Tell you, you want a COVID cosplay, Grifter. Grifter, <laughs> fully covered face. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you actually see through that. Yeah, I have no idea. He's got little eye slits, but then they just color him white. So I'm like, I don't know. Okay. That's like Batman, though. A lot of times, like, you never see Batman's pupils. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Spider-Man. But Spider-Man, they're like glass. I don't know if Batman, they... Sometimes. Costuming is weird. Yeah, and, it, it, like, I think Jim Lee did a lot of form form over function, where it's just like, I'm just mm-hmm. going to draw something that looks mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, these are these are not these are not fashion designers. They're not anybody who's thinking about hmm. Somebody's going to have to make this. Right? Does this is this the thing that functions? But several of these characters definitely seem like kind of analogs of other characters. Like Grifter seems kind of like Gambit with guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Majestic is like serious Superman. Yeah. Zealot is like an angrier Wonder Woman. Yeah, with with swords. She's got swords. Yeah. I don't know. Maul is, is Hulk-esque, but, like, if I Hulk was smart and also could get big. I didn't quite fully understand the range of his powers. Like, I at first looked at him, I was like, big, strong guy. But he's not just big, strong guy. He is normally, a, a, like, a genius-level intellect. When he gets big, he loses some of his cognitive functions. But oh, So he really is a Hulk analog. But when he gets small, he also gets smarter. What? Yes. Okay. Imagine if he was like this little six inch quantum genius. You know, that's really helpful for some like Ant Man style uh, shenanigans. Yeah, I wonder if they did it because of like the Adam, who is a smart guy who also gets small. Mm-hmm. Ant Man's the same way. They're like, what if it's a guy who literally gets smart when he's small as opposed to just a smart guy who gets small? Yeah. The and versatility. We get, we get the best of both worlds. It's true. Big and dumb, small and smart. Yep. Did you like. I think the strength of this for me, it was a fairly straightforward plot. I think the devil was kind of in the dialogue and the details, where it's like, you get things like, oh, he's traveling to these other places, and let's get a little hit of this. Like, I like that there's a bit where they go to 2016, and there's, like, really futuristic buildings, and I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, sorry, that's not really what it looked like. Yeah. Um, or when they go to Roman times and meet... Marcus. Yeah, Marcus. Alias, who is... It's like they wanted to say Marcus Aurelius, and they're like, just take out mm-hmm. you and that R, and there we go, we're all done. Yep. <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, is this 
Is this like some sort of character that I should know beyond my first guess here? No, nope. he's okay. not. He's not in a ton of DC stuff. I only looked him up because Superman addressed him by name, and I'm like, that seems significant. That seems significant. Oh, one thing we have also not talked about: Superman is a blue guy in this. Yeah. All right. Yes, that yeah. was a that was a big thing for me here. I was like sitting down to read the comic, and you were like, "Oh, I need to tell you before you start that's Superman," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> No. He's blue. At some point in the jail, and it was either in the JLA comics or the Superman comics at the time, uh-huh. he lost, like, the ability to, like, absorb all the sunlight. And instead, he just kind of became electric, and he wore that thing as a containment suit. But he also ha- was supposed to have completely different powers. Okay. But Graham Morrison writes him as just guy with Superman powers who can also occasionally shoot electric stuff. <laughs> But right. he still flies, still punches. That's fine with me. Eventually, there is a story where Superman is split into a blue and a red Superman, which is based off of an old story from the Silver Age. This is not called that. Called Red versus Blue. No, it's not called that, Christy. <laughs> People are going to uh, tweet at you now about the Halo Red versus Blue, and you're going to be like, I don't actually know what it, what it is. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say any more about it. <laughs> That's it. We're all dead. <laughs> I will sound dumb, whatever I say. So instead, no, I say nothing. No. Nothing. All right. Well, it's going to be really long rest of the episode if Christy's not Nothing. Allowed. <laughs> not allowed to say anything. But I, I, I think that this was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel about, like, the, like, forced, like, one-on-one interactions between the JLA Wildcats? Like, I feel like we got some really cool moments, but I also felt like, gosh, this is so convenient. We've got... Yeah, Majestic and Superman. And I guess the interesting stuff was when Maul was interacting with... Um, was Maul interacting with Green Lantern? Yes. Maul, when Maul was interacting with Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Flash and Void was, was kind of neat. The other ones were very analog-y. And right. it was like, it, it seemed like like such the obvious thing to do. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. I think the Majestic Superman stuff was not uh, super interesting. I kind of dug the Zealot Wonder Woman stuff. Yeah, if only because like it seemed like they it... were like they were gonna smooch at the end. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna try and think of a more creative way to say that, but that that's the thing. There was a lot of tension. A lot of tension. Yep. And sores. Wonder Woman was like, can we just talk about it? And Zealot was like, oh, so that's what you want to do, is it? It was very good. <laughs> uh, they are, they, and they, we got these little mini stories. Like, there's the whole thing where Batman is trying to convince Grifter to not use guns. Mm-hmm. Grant Morrison is really into the no guns thing with Batman. Right, right. And we even have a line from Kid Flash at the beginning, like, I don't know who you are, but you've got a gun, so I know you're a bad guy. Right. Like, I'm like, opinion made very clear here. That's a very DC thing, though. I'm trying to think of any DC superheroes who have, like, guns. There's some who have, like, laser blasters. Adam Strange, I think, has a little little ray gun. But I could be wrong. The Griftering. The Grift what? Griftering. He mentioned it at the end. He's like, uh, yeah, I think I need I think I think need my guns, because I don't think anybody would take me seriously with the, with a Griftering. Uh, <laughs> do you think it's weird that his name is Grifter, which a Grifter is just someone who, like, is kind of a scammer? I'm like, I don't, he's not really pulling a lot of scams. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his whole deal is. <laughs> oh. He just seemed like a shooty, like a shooty guy. Like a sarcastic shooty boy. 
I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I like Grifter, uh, at least in this story. I thought he was fun. I also really dug getting to see the interactions between um, Bruce and Kyle. Like, man, which opened up like this whole can of worms for me online of all of all of this history of of the bats and uh, and the green different Green Lanterns. He seems to not get along with any single one of them. Right. I think it's because their whole well, their whole deal is like no fear. Mm. That's an early on thing. Even before that became like codified as the yellow lantern thing. uh, The whole deal was how Jordan is a man without fear. Mm. There's even, I once read a comic that was supposed to be Bruce and Hal meeting as kids and not, not realizing later who they'd become. But the whole deal was Hal like literally had no fear. And it's, it was like this weird personality trait and it like got him in trouble. Mm. And Bruce is like, you gotta have like a little fear. Uh-huh. And Hal's like, sorry, no fear. Literally born without it. But, but Kyle's such a, such a himbo. It's like he doesn't He's even like notice. Baby. Bruce, like, being mean to him. Do you think I could reconstruct this in the entire power source and Batman's, like, from memory? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not you. Uh, I I dug it. It was fun. And I'm sure I would probably get a lot more of that should I ever actually go and and read some some JLA stuff. You reading Grant Morrison JLA would be wild. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't think you dig it, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 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 you would dig it a lot, and you're like, I just completely am incorrect. Isn't it an acquired taste? It is. Uh, everybody considers it to be the greatest JLA run ever. Okay. But not not literally everyone, but I would say a solid percentage. Okay. Um, it's really out there. It is very light on female characters. That, oh, that yeah. Is, that is an incredible JLA. And Grant Morrison in general problem. Yeah, that always does wind up bothering me. I can never, I can it's never. It's always the butt with Grant Morrison. I can never stay hooked too long when women are not written well or when they're just absent. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wonder Woman is literally always there, and some there are some other people who join later. But yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have readers tell me all about which what which uh, arcs or issues I would like. Are the Wonder Woman ones. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because some are just these fun little one off issues. Mm-hmm. It's I I like it. I'm not the biggest fan of the art in it. I think a lot of people disagree with me. It's just not my style. Mm. It's not my favorite Grant Morrison thing. But you might really love it. I don't know. It's weird. It does a lot of fun weird stuff. There's an entire arc that deals with the fact that Batman had files on how to like defeat every single one of the Justice League members that nobody knew about, and someone took takes those plans and managed to like just to use them. And everybody's it's like, like a real like Tony Stark thing or something. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of times Grant Morrison takes things to like their, their incredible extreme. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Batman is a guy who plans. What if he plans so much? <laughs> oh. I mean, he kind of does this with Epoch, which is, you know, what if he's a time guy, but like too much time guy? I looked up what a soliton particle is, and this comic has no flipping clue what a soliton <laughs> is. Uh, I mean, I get it, but like the, the, it's like, it's like a, a, it's hard to explain. I'm not. I don't want to go into. I didn't assume corner. it was a real thing. No, it's I a just it's a real thing. In that physics. they made it up. I think I like it better if it's just made up. Well, what did he say? <laughs> it's like something with a completely like like it only exists at one point and at one time. Yeah, but it also moves. I don't know. And it's light, 
So that's actually, that's impossible. Uh, but, <laughs> and that's not really what it means. It's, I think it's like a particle that has more of a wave like, I don't, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna goof it up. I looked it up and I'm not really a physics guy. Biology is more my thing. I'm also Chemistry. not really a physics guy. That's true. You are not a physics guy. That's very true. <laughs> I need to get better at physics, but it's, it's weird to me. Oh, well, are we ready to get into some Twitter questions? Did you know that Wildcat stands for Wild Covert Action Team? Now I do. Let's get into those questions. Twitter questions. <laughs> All right. So our first Twitter question comes from at Dan the McMahon on Twitter. If one member from each team had to open a B and B together, who should it be? I really want to see Kyle Rayner open up a B and B because I'm. Sh- I think the decorating would be good. Oh yeah, yeah. The the artist mm-hmm. there. What if um, he made one that was like? He'd a- also just be really hus- hospitable. He's just and a friendly. nice guy. But who would he open it up with? All those wildcats are so they're so serious. They are so serious. What do you, what if do you think Grifter would be personable? No, no, you don't think so. <laughs> mm. Um, I feel like it would have to be somebody who was just really into. Like, has, like, this secret, like, hobby of, like, baking that did not want to interact with anybody, just wanted to, like, make the food. Do you so think who do Mr. You think... Majestic is really into baking? I don't... Oh. Oh, my gosh. Would this be the, the himbo B&B? The, hi... the, the him b and b Yes, this is the himbo b and B. I don't know if Majestic is... We, I forgot to get into the fact that originally he was called Mr. Majestic, and they eventually dropped the Mr. because most superheroes are not should mm-hmm. not have Mr. And his name is Majestros, yeah, very... which is not confusing at all to have people go back and forth between calling him Majestic and Majestros, and you're like, what? Some real Black Agar Boltagon stuff, right? You think someone just like wrote it wrong? You're like the letterer is doing a really bad job. <laughs> I was like, shit. no, somebody in editing made a mistake. Was what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the him B and B it is. <laughs> Our next question comes from at Brawl twenty ninety nine. Wonder Woman Zealot team up in the team up book in the modern DCU. Missed opportunity or nah? The one of the problems that that I have with the modern DCU is they've made Wonder Woman a little bit more violent. Oh. Um, I don't think it's always a problem, but they literally gave her a sword at some point. Mm-hmm. I would need it to be a, yes, a, a Wonder Woman that's a little less intense. So kind of back to her roots. Yeah. And the, that, that's been, I think the utmost recent stuff has been a little bit better about that, but mm-hmm. I just like, I mean, but also that dynamic of like the, Hey, let's talk this out. And the, Hey, let's swords. Like that can only <laughs> last for so long too. Hey, let's swords. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe it could be fun. Uh, conditionally, yes, missed yes. opportunity. It is a conditional missed opportunity. Okay. DC has not really done a lot of Wildstorm stuff recently. They had a completely by itself, not set in any continuity story by the by Warren Ellis called the yeah. Wildstorm. The sad thing Readers is, are making a bad face, right? Um, it re- it ended like basically right when the allegations about him came out. Readers, if you want to know this, it is very Googleable. Um, I mean, it's like it's people were really bummed because people loved that. Mm. Like it was. I mean, 
I don't want to like, you know, heap praise on a terrible person, but it was a book that people considered to be very well written. And, uh, it was like the whole thing was just really soured because of his conduct. And there were even supposed to be more books coming out. Ramon Villalobos, who is a, a favorite artist of most people I know, was supposed to draw it and it got canceled like before it even really went anywhere. Mm. Um, it was just a bummer. All right. Next question from at Robert Secundus, uh, an authorized covert action team. A wild, wild cat? cat? This is a, a line from said uh maybe the wild storm because there were there were a bunch of covid or covert action teams that like corporations would use in this world oh. and at one point one shows up and they're like like unauthorized like no like nobody this is a wild cat and it's it's kind of a little little zinger zing yep all right and with the follow-up question from at robert secundus how many electric supermans could fit on the head of a pin. This is a, another joke that Rob is, is throwing at us because Electric Blue Superman wrestled an angel as if he was Jacob from the Bible. And so he is making it because it's how many angels can fit on the head of a pin. Well, how many Electric Supermans can fit on the head of a pin? Four. All right, let's keep going. All right. Next question uh, from at M. Turetsky. Uh, would Wildcats have been a success if it weren't written in an obsolete vernacular? Mark is again making a joke. This one is from the Royal Tenenbaums, I'm fairly certain. Hence, uh, it is. there's a gif attached. There is a show there called Wildcat. And people, people are making a lot of funnies in the questions this week. I don't get them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question from at Zach Rabiroff. How much must I donate to your Patreon for you to sing and rap this entire song as a duet at some point in your episode? This is from the the intro to the short-lived Wildcats cartoon. We are going to pause the mic and listen to it. Wow, readers. That was a whole bunch. Wildcats! Wildcats! <laughs> kind of want to watch this cartoon now, not going to lie. Are we going to try the song at the end of this episode? No. I didn't get to hear it that well. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really excited about hearing it. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't. I wasn't just prepping in my head how I would do the two parts. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question from at Drew underscore GY. Uh, yeah, Scripter, best mask of this crossover or best mask of all time? Hmm. Doctor Doom has the best mask of all time. Ooh, fair, okay. fair. He's a pretty good one in this crossover. I mean, this is Kyle Rayner's weird little crab mask period. Yeah. It's pretty good, too. I uh, was wondering if you would, would you call it a mask? I mean, the way it's, it's drapes like and it hangs. Like, yes. It's not conforming to it's his It's like a face. gator. I mean, gator comes up from the neck. His, like, hangs from a headband. It's like a weird cloth face shield. Or like a veil. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a veil. So, sorry. Sorry, Loses by technicality. <laughs> Um, at Big Dad Energy says, no one has been able to sufficiently tell me if Wildcats is good. Is it? Well, unfortunately, we barely got to read any because, like, none of it's online. My answer, Wildcats. <laughs> Wildcats. <laughs> We're heroes, not zeros. That's, uh, that's, I love the low-hanging fruit of rhyming heroes with zeros. It gets me every time. Um, I've heard that bits of it are and bits of it aren't. Some of it was written by Alan Moore. That's pretty cool. Neato. Yeah. Next question from at Corey Marie 21. 
If you could trade one member of the JLA for one member of the Wildcats, who would you trade? Hmm. So they got flip flop. They got switch places. And I imagine we're limiting it, limiting it to the the members in this in this this particular crossover. Huh. I love Wally West, but I am f- I'm swapping Wally for somebody for Void. Yeah, for Void. That was my thought too. Yeah. I think Wally d- didn't get much in this in this issue. Yeah, aside from the, uh, you know, beginning where we see him in the past. I think that's why they did it, just so he had something. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, final question is also from at Big Dad Energy. Which wildcat would make the jellical choice and decide which cat <laughs> will ascend to the heaviside layer and come back to a new life? <laughs> okay, readers, I have to confess. That before we started recording, Chris and I were doing our best Batman voices, singing memory from cats. It was very good. I did not know this question was here. I think Void would ascend to the Heaviside layer. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. All right. <laughs> Magical Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> Memories. All alone in the moonlight. (laughs) Has the moon lost its memories? Do you think that when... So this... Katz is Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Do you think he just... In memories, he's like... Three words I must must put in memories. I gotta put in moonlight like 16 times. Uh Uh-huh. Alone's gotta be in there a few times. Uh, there we go. Gonna, gonna come up with something. If you touch me, you'll understand what happiness is. <laughs> Turned a little bit back into Christy there. <laughs> Too much of the giggles. <laughs> Christy thinks Batman voice is, like, really funny. <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> All right, are we ready to get into our accolades? Yeah, let's do accolades. My best line comes from Mr. Majestic mm-hmm. to Superman, who before they leave, because they leave at the end of this crossover, mm-hmm. go back to their own world. Yes. He says to Superman, you know, you should wear a cape. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was real cute. It was cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best line is like actually probably a terrible line. I just, it, you know, I'm a child. It was when adult Wally was talking to child Wally and and he says trust me on this Wally it's like kissing just one of those things that won't make sense until you're older oh my gosh (laughs) this is like when I was a little kid in second grade I was like one of the only boys who who did not think girls had cooties oh okay and at one point I I I was talking about girls or something and some boy said girls ew like and I said well, just wait 10 years. And it was like, <laughs> what, like a thing for eight-year-old Chris to say? Oh, gosh. You were a dork. I was right. You were right. I was right. But yes. 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 Who is your, or who did you give your greatest hero accolade to? Green Lantern, because they literally couldn't have found that, the the little the power source thing without him. And they also couldn't have traveled between universes. And that was probably the most important thing. We got a daily double. Hit, Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. Wilson. Do, 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 do. 
Uh, yeah, for exactly those same two reasons. Ugh. Him detect, being able to detect, and, and like, I, I have that panel where, like, Batman's like, your ring would be able to detect a power source Green Lantern, am I correct? And Kyle's like, uh, yeah? Sure. It's funny, because the ring can do whatever you think it can do, so, like, yes. <laughs> it's like Kyle forgets that his ring can do things that aren't, like, making, like, little toys or whatever. Making a wood clamp. A monkey with symbols and a, a random, like, hedron shape. Like a little dice or something almost, <laughs> or like a top or a dreidel. I don't know. <laughs> I love that the, the entities are like, holy crap. This pleases us. The, absolutely. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. We have never seen anything like a monkey. It really wet our whistle. <laughs> They're pulling their collar. Gonna keep us satiated for like two thousand years. <laughs> oh, all right. So, what about your coolest moment? There's a bit where Majestic tries to big dog Superman, and the next panel is him like is like Superman like punching him into next week. Oh yeah, I loved that panel. Uh, I picked a page with some fun uh, time travelly panels. It's when they're traveling back to what should be Earth, and then everything's like all messed up. Um, and the, there's just some cool panel work and lettering that work all works together very nicely. It's like the moment from the book that I felt like the art worked best for me. Yes, I feel you. Are you ready to get into the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy? Always, always ready for that Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy. Mine goes to the fact that Epoch had incredibly terrible 90s facial hair. Like he had this little weird goatee and it's mm-hmm. like, it, 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 like, I know this came out in 1997. So it was like, it was the time. Right. But it was so so many friends, dads with those goatees. Oh boy. Soccer coach had the goatee. It's a, it's a bad look. Ugh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. It just makes it seem like this guy, like, it, like, like took off his letter jacket and he's like, I'm just going to go grab everything from across the universe. Did you like all the weird stuff you got from, like, all sorts of time? Like, we got, like, the gargoyles from, like, the neo-Gothic empire. And the problem was sure. I feel like the art didn't, like... Do the concept it justice. sell it. Right. It didn't. It didn't. We get this bit where they're like, oh, the uh, I'm glad that the riot, the, those, like, riot machines left. They spray people with water, but it it's strange and it has a terrible smell. And I'm like, but what does it do? And you don't even see them. The riot machines don't spray people with any water in there. Right. No, it uh, it didn't work. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. Um, my Crusher Creel Award for Silly, Vill- Silly Villainy also goes to Epoch, but for a different reason. Uh, and it was how hyper-prepared he was for the Justice League. And it's that moment where he realizes it's not the Justice League. He says, uh, I know your every weakness and have armed myself to destroy you. So come in, come into. You're not the Justice League. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> I'm like, I know it, I know it feels a little corny, but it, it really works for me. It's some good silly villainy. Did you like that it was all wrapped up in a time loop? Like, he became the Soliton that um, hit himself? I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't realize that that was the thing that happened until I read it in your summary. I didn't understand the thing. Glad I write the summaries. I really am, too. <laughs> Sometimes thinking's hard. <laughs> so, uh, Christy, how about your Key of C award? So, my Key of C award, it, it was interesting that we had that question about uh, the Wonder Woman 
and a Zealot team-up book uh-huh. because mine was that Wonder Woman and Zealot needed a musical number together throughout this. Oh. Like I I loved I love the back and forth between them and it it it's kind of interrupted at a few different points, but it was just so fun and I I thought they would have a fabulous fierce duet together. See, I wanted a duet as well, but I wanted it to be between Grifter and Batman at the very end there where they're oh. literally just trying to like one up each other. Like, oh. Grifter says that whole line about like, hey, if you would have been from my world, you'd be my boy, my boy assistant or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. And I just wanted it to be like anything you can do, I can do better from Annie Get Your Gun. I I would envision it as like a tap number. Yeah. Uh yes. Mm-hmm. I want to see a man dressed as Grifter and a man dressed as Batman <laughs> doing tap on stage. Oh, that would be so cool. I know. P- Nerd boys would be so mad if there was like a JLA Wildcats musical with a tap number. Like they would crap their diapers. People forget how awesome tap is. I hate when people feminize dance. People also forget how silly superheroes are. That also. Oh, I like some of those those early early tap stuff that you can see and the just the the, the movies and the man that can dance yeah feminizing dance is real oh. weird and i feel like i don't understand. i'm sorry i'm just having a time over here yeah you're doing you're, you're having a real time oh. i i'm completely with you though because it's also like uh you know like we are not always the greatest judge of what het people want i guess <laughs> i thought i was het for a while but um like in a lot of het couples, there's always this woman who wishes her 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 husband could dance, and he just can't. And I'm like, so it's not like there's like no desire there. It's just this weird like thing, where solely some guys are like can't do it, it girly, and even right? like women are are like, right, not that girly. Like if I show up to your wedding, and your your first dance is like watching a middle school dance and then you're off the dance floor for the rest of the night while your wife busts moves with all the guests. I'm judging you. What's funny is you were speaking of at least one very particular wedding that we went to. I'm judging you. That was an early wedding we went to too. And I was like, what what happened here? Where does this guy go? Get out of here. (laughs) Christy and I will also outdance you at your wedding. So you need to, you need to come, come prepared. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 It's fabulous energy. We, we will attack and dethrone <laughs> you at your own wedding. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our episode this week. Yeah. Thank you, readers, for sticking with us. And if you want to stay in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can send us those long form messages at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. Please head on over to iTunes and give us those five-star reviews. And if you write a nice review, we will shout it out on the show. And thank you so much. That is a monetary free way to support us. But if you would like a monetary way to support us, we are on Ko-fi and Patreon. Links in the show notes. The spe- Specifically, that Patreon can get you cool rewards and things that can alter the landscape forever of this particular podcast. It can. It can. Uh, and you can also check out Chris and I's writing over at XavierFiles.com. Yep. We are currently chugging through X of Swords and, well, I mean, I edit stuff every week, but mm-hmm, it's mainly mm-hmm. what we're writing. The When this episode comes out, I will have just had some articles drop for Marauders and Captain Marvel. I will have one dropping for X-Men, I think. Busy week. Busy, Busy week. week. 
All right. But thank you so much, readers. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. Maybe you could just end with that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do.